This episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. And if you don't, let me tell you about them. The Cash App is allowing you to stack sats. Uh, so you can buy and sell Bitcoin on the Cash App. You can send Bitcoin from the Cash App to a personal wallet, from a personal wallet to the Cash App. And then on top of that, you get uh, the ability to use the Cash App at other places with their boost program. So you get a specialized debit card. Uh, you get to put your signature on a Bitcoin symbol, Lightning, whatever you see fit. And then you go to partner merchants, whether it be Whole Foods, Chick-fil-A, uh, DoorDash, local coffee shops, and you save money when you shop with your boost card, with your boost enabled. Use the code STACKINGSATS, that's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $5, and $5 is going to go to Alves Lacrosse, a charity very near and dear to our heart. Again, if you haven't downloaded it yet and you're in the U.S. and you're looking to buy Bitcoin, what the hell are you waiting for? Use the code STACKINGSATS. Download the Cash App from your local app store today. Take two. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boar, your boy Marty here uh, on a rainy Friday afternoon in the studio. We've got Matt O'Dell sitting to my right. What's up, freaks? And a a very special reoccurring guest. Happy to have him back in the studio. Uh, Take two, reintroducing... Uh, for the second time. Cut! <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast, Jack Mallers. Jack, what is it good? Uh, a lot's good, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry we had to repeat the first two minutes of, uh, of, of the first recording. No, layup lines, man. Get warm. <laughs> Stretch. It's, um, no, yeah. We were talking about the last time we spoke was around Consensus Week in May. At that point, uh, we got an update on Zap. What have you been working on and building there? and what you've been working on in the futures derivatives markets as well for miners. Um, but it seems like you have some updates, some exciting updates. What the hell has gone on this summer? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm a, by the time this podcast is out, I will have announced what is a year-long effort of trying to get users from fiat currency to lightning instantly. So Zap will allow you to buy Bitcoin inside of the wallet, non-custodial, deliver it instantly over Lightning, and you can go from money in your bank account to making a Lightning payment in about five seconds. It's pretty insane. Sounds pretty insane. It's it's a new type of onboarding mechanism that I haven't uh, experienced yet. Yeah, dude, there's a lot to unpack in that announcement. There's a lot of uh, stories I have. But yeah, I mean, there's a general onboarding problem. Everyone's taking their hack at it. Of um, Zap was... For the community, by the community, how can we build a new relationship with Bitcoin users? How can we get a million Lightning nodes on a million cell phones? And it was very obvious to me a year ago that this feature has to be built. I really don't want to leave it up to Coinbase. Um, And so kind of took it upon myself. So I'm really proud of it, um, to be honest with you. Uh, And yeah, I'm excited. We'll, We'll see if it works. Well, I would be extremely proud of myself, too, and I'm proud of you <laughs> as, a, as an outsider looking in. Thank you, buddy. Um, I'm so proud of you, too. <laughs> so let's talk about like the mechanics of how this works and what you've been working on. You've been dealing with regulators, mm-hmm. um, trying to explain the Lightning Network to them. What's that process been like? How will the mechanics of this uh, on-ramp look once it's released? Yeah, so there's probably like a chapters of a book the first chapter would be licensing obviously um that i'm selling bitcoin which requires in the united states is the toughest so that requires a licensing program and that was easily the most interesting part um was first understanding what regulators know about bitcoin like 
what do you guys know what lightning is or do you know what a blockchain is uh right because i think the motivation for me was trying to really hack at the knees of what is the fraternities of the bitcoin space you've got bitpay coinbase these are the guys they're frat brothers that they set the dress code they set the rules they spike the drinks and have the girls <laughs> passed out on the couch right and it's fucked up and they're like oh yeah no did we do that that's th you know what? i'm sorry like fuck you fuck you're sorry sorry that's someone's daughter lying on the couch that was someone's hard-earned savings that was sitting on a blockchain and you tried to manipulate them into something that didn't work strong arm you're a liar roger ver is a fraud um, so I, I wanted our, the good guys to have the licenses. Yeah, like, so what? Now I, now I got regulatory approval, approval, so let's play ball. Pawn to E4, man, your move. And so getting that was really tough is, um, yeah, the f first time I said, like, what is it going to take for me to pull this off? Someone was like, well, that's Coinbase's job. You know, you're going to have to talk to regulators and write a big check for that. And like, I don't give a shit. Who do I, who do I got to call? Um, who do I have to explain lightning to? So, yeah, took me about a year. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what regulators yes. in particular have you been working with? Um, so the way it works, at least in the United States, is what's most important is state-by-state uh, -state regulation. So FinCEN is the lowest hanging fruit. You're almost granted half of the country on application. Um, it gets really complicated when you get the difference between a money transmitter and a money service business and I've had to re-architect the infrastructure, the actual technology to pull this off an array of times just to kind of tiptoe myself around into being able to be an agent of another desk, to be a money service business, to be able to partner with others. Um, so, yeah, that whole process, um, and you got to require the thumbs up from all 50 states type of deal. Uh, the way that we'll roll it out initially is I want the community to really be a part of this. I don't want it to be mine I can't that's the whole point of this project is I want it to be ours so you'll be able to private test it with me if you want and be work really closely with me I don't want to unleash this beast and get a million users with nasty bugs or anything like that and then we'll probably go state by state slowly or half the country first and um, yeah <laughs> well it's fucking beautiful to see how impassioned you are about this I am thank man. you for putting the team on your back you know what shoot or shoot you know what I mean? Kick it to me. Three ball in the corner. Um, Bitcoin's appreciated since my family started buying it. Um, open source project turned out to be a popular one. Yeah, I'm taking my shot. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you see this changing the, the on-ramp game or the way people approach Bitcoin for the first Wait, time? So should we talk about like how it looks? Like how the user looks. Yeah, that's what I was getting into. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is going to change. I, navigating, unpacking all of this is probably going to be a messy one. There's so much. Um, so what do you want to do? UI or... Okay, to, to your point, the general... The intention here is that onboarding users onto Bitcoin, Lightning specific, but Bitcoin generally, is largely an unsolved problem. How do you tell someone, hey, buy some Bitcoin and and we'll send money between each other or you can blow through a paywall, a one penny paywall or do something cool that you haven't experienced with the dollar. What does that user look like today? I don't know, go to Coinbase or Cash App and then send it to a Trezor or read this article or something. It'd be really cool. Download this app. There's a node running on your phone. Enter your debit card. 
swipe it for 10 bucks and then blow through a paywall instantly that'd be baller and a lot of the lightning onboardings today is a lot of them are like growth hacks um and i don't think that any of them today can scale to millions of users that's our goal i think a lot of the cypherpunk ones like buy a casa or buy a nodal and hook it up to your wallet is cool but how do i get a million people to, to use this thing within the next 12 months, I think that this is our, a realistic shot. I think I can really help help pull that off. And so this is one thing I'm always infinitely fascinated by uh, the uh, the approach to Bitcoin when one uh, is onboarded via on-chain UTXOs versus Lightning. Like, do you think this type of onboarding will become more popular in the future? I do, man. I told, I was on a, Peter McCormick, what Bitcoin did podcast, and he was asking me a similar question of, does it really matter how beautiful Zap's color scheme is? Because if I have to spend time waiting for confirmations and paying fees to get myself on the network, then it's kind of a, a false start anyway. And I, it's always been intuitive to me that general mainstream users, if Bitcoin is used for uh, retail payments or online commerce or something, they'll never experience the chain. They'll onboard themselves right onto Lightning and they'll spend and they'll just keep topping up. I think it'll be, a, if Bitcoin becomes, it's still speculative. Is Lightning going to be valuable? I saw your uh, little jab session with Ari Paul. Who knows, right? Um, I don't know. Guilty. But if it is, yeah, I don't think users will spend much time with UTXOs. Is buy Bitcoin, here's your Lightning channel, have fun. And when you when you run out to come top it up type of thing. Is that okay? Is Bitcoin losing its principles? Do we want people on the second layer, not the the protocol layer? I'm fucking pumped. <laughs> I just I'm just kind of speechless right now. So it's it's debit card to lightning, ten seconds. That's what you're saying. Less, yeah. Um bank account. Um I'm try to do I, Zelle. I'm fucking I'm out here. Hustle. <laughs> trapping. So, um, yeah, it, we use turbo channels, which I can explain as well. But, uh, I think the whole design principle is a fun story. It comes from my parents at this point. I feel like the Bitcoin community knows me like a brother, <laughs> like know my parents know that I fucking have anxiety. I was talking about Bitcoin's that. Bitcoin's first family. Yeah, yeah. The Bitcoin family. <laughs> so our, our dispensary in Boulder, um, we give a 10% discount if you pay in Bitcoin. And we don't do that because we want to stack sats. It's one of the reasons. But the other reason is because we have a seriously high security budget for the six figures of cash that sits in there. Giving me cash or making me use like a really janky cannabis terminal terminal that charges me 5% to process a payment is kind of horseshit. So people frequently walk in and they're like, fuck, I would love to get this weed 10% off. What is Bitcoin? Where do I get it? Uh. And it's like... All right, dude, go home, <laughs> do your cash app thing, and then come back. When you send it to us, it depends. If you're buying a $10 joint, I'll do zero comp. But realistically, I can't do that. So once you send the payment, go get a beer across the street and come back. And I, I know realistically in that user store, I got about five minutes to get this guy onto Lightning, right? Download Zap from the App Store, enter your debit card. Put in a hundred bucks and scan that QR code and you're done. And it'll be a really mind blowing experience. And then what now, what can we do? Can, uh, publishers put up 
paywalls, knowing that users can really onboard themselves frictionlessly and can Call of Duty require me to scan a QR code to get a gold-tainted sniper rifle camo in, in the one that's coming out in October? I, don't, I hope that it starts to foster an economy that's accessible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But that's kind of like the initial user story was the guy that walks into the cannabis store wants his 10% off. How can I get that guy on the lightning and scanning a QR code? I got five minutes max, realistically, like two. So <laughs> what, again, you alluded to turbo channels uh, earlier, but what is happening after that initial debit card transaction? What are you guys doing on the back end? Yeah, so um, Zap right now is known as an open source project. And the way that we've architected this feature is it's a standalone component. So first and foremost, what asshole would I be to say that Zap's going to be cool forever? This licensing stuff and this infrastructure is going to be cool forever. I'll be that asshole, but <laughs> not the asshole that says Zap's going to be cool forever. So it's a standalone component, and what the Zap open source repositories will be is like a reference implementation of this type of a <laughs> API. So I have a server. There's a whole lot of market infrastructure that goes into pulling this off. The lightning part was the easiest part, but smart, smart order routing, ensuring pricing, reducing slippage. Like how do I sell Bitcoin and ensure that I'm not exposed to any market movements elsewhere, um, scanning order books, that type of stuff. Like we handle all of that. Um, and then the user gets a turbo channel open to them in return. So if you buy a hundred dollars, you get a hundred dollar turbo channel. And then in the beginning, I'll just match whatever you buy on the receiving side that you can receive as well. Um, so you buy a hundred bucks, you got a hundred bucks to spend on lightning. You got a hundred bucks to receive on lightning. Um, and it's instant. Yeah. It's, uh, mind blowing do you, do you you've been working with the regulars now do, what do you see any hiccups or maybe the biggest one so i was telling matt earlier um the regulators at this point aren't out to get us yet there that's kind of the narrative and i don't mind it because um, it's kind of a lock arms don't trust verify type of attitude but uh they're down to play ball as long as they understand so the hardest part for me was to get my counsel i got great counsel great lawyers great help in chicago and getting them to understand what the hell's going on they're like is bitcoin is has regulatory clarity but this lightning token we've never heard of it and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> all right it's not a token let's get to the whiteboard um they also were very concerned on the fact that as soon as the user buys the asset it is in their custody zap doesn't custody shit it's your custody instantly and there's no chain fingerprints so whatever you do on lightning can't really be spied on and that freaked them out originally a lot they're like well people can go from dollars into a privacy enhanced like bitcoin economy like what the fuck <laughs> and so that one was a, a an arm wrestle too. KYC requirements was a huge arm wrestle. Obviously, I'm too young and too pretty to be going to jail anytime soon. So <laughs> as much as I love you guys, I got to comply with this law. If you don't want to use the feature, don't have to. You can even compile and build Zap without it. It's a standalone component. But if you want to buy Bitcoin directly over Lightning, I had to work with them. But originally it was, the, all right, have them name, social security number, take a selfie, send their passport to you. And it was a, that was the other tug of war was... I'm not doing that. I'm really not. If these people are just going to be topping up their lightning wallets for a hundred bucks, I'm not, the, I'm, you're not making us do that. And so I got it all the way down to like name, email and whatever information's on your debit card is plenty for them. Boss. So yeah, there's a few tug of wars that took me a really long time. How but did you, uh, win the tug of war about, uh, privacy on lightning? Over. Well, 
it's like an interesting game theory generally like if you believe that nation states compete there's this interesting game theory as the united states they kind of understand that there's not a lot they can do if you if you really want to oppose me on that one i'm going to make it public i'm definitely going to launch the f- feature in europe and and then what you've now officially declared that you are an opposer of the lightning network and for your citizens to use the lightning network in a way that declares privacy to them um, and it's not trivial to spy on them and it's not a position that any regulator right now is really comfortable making you know what i mean so yeah especially with the data that's coming out too we talked about this last week a chain analysis came out with uh specifically with a analysis of coin joins and basically admitted that only 11% of UTXOs coming out of coin joins are being used for illicit activities and most are people sending it from exchanges just to get privacy. So yep. um, that is sort of the nature of the system too. Like I think facts like that actually work in our favor. Like, hey, people just want to transact privately and then you go to the U.S. government and you're like, this is supposed to be the land of the free. You're not going to let people do this. And that's good to see that they're they're – open to this at least right and keep in mind that uh we're on their soil and we play by their rules so if in 12 months zap has 50 million users and everyone's fleeing the dollar they're gonna knock on my door and hold the handcuffs like all right you either comply or that pretty butt is going to jail (laughs) um so who knows right it's it's never a finalized deal but i was very pleased i'm so proud um Zap has never taken a venture capital dollar. This is a Mallers family-owned effort to give back to the community and to help. It was about, I get choked up when I talk about this on my podcast. It was about 12 months ago, a Bitcoin community member sent me to a head specialist, and the doctor told me, you might want to look into other careers because managing a lot of money and uh, being an engineer is not guaranteed for you. you. Your days may be limited. And I'm a year later, and I've pulled off what I'm so proud of. So, hell yeah, dude. I'm out here, Fuck man. Yes, dude. I'm out here. We're all rooting for you. Trying to just fucking sending it, right? You uh, got some what some would perceive as bad news. I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get the most out of life that I can in this next year." Yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm I'm the best teammate and the worst enemy. You know, <laughs> I'm a bulldog. It's a sh- the Chicago attitude. The Chicago. Sorry about the Bears last Chicago. night. They did not bear. Oh, don't talk about it. Mitch Trubisky is a shit coin. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the game. Were you? Mm-hmm. Wasn't fun. I wish I was not at the game. But uh, yeah, depressing, man. Three points in four quarters is not uh, not ideal. Um, not great. So, what other features are you rolling out? So, you're going to make this. Are you? Do you have partners on the merchant side lined up who are who are going to sort of help uh, this process? I do. I wonder if I have the thumbs up from them to talk about it publicly like this. What do you think? Because I think you you may be aware of them as well. Point is, I do have a lot of merchants partnered up. There's probably some really cool things we can do, assuming we can get a no coiner onto Lightning in five seconds. What would a merchant partner look like? Um. Just so one of the other features that I'll be rolling out in tandem is uh, it's called auto pay. So right now there's some uh, unneeded friction in making lightning payments sometimes on the Internet. So if I'm if I'm browsing online and I click on a yalls.org article where they're requiring me to pay a penny to read the rest of the article, your right. classic paywall Bitcoin user story. I click on the link. Do you want to open Zap? Like 
no, I don't. I want to open iTunes. Like, yes, I want to <laughs> fucking open Zap. And then Zap loads it. He's like, you, do you want to make this payment? Like, no, I clicked it on accident and then confirmed it on accident. No, thanks for asking, but I'm good. Like, yeah, of course I want to make the payment. So a type of marketplace where instead of the internet designing my experience, I kind of get to dis- design my internet experience where I can say, hey, I'm a frequent user of y'all's. Um, as long as the payment's not $100, every time I click on a y'all's link, Zap, would you mind just blowing it, blowing through it for me um, so that I'm just kind of perusing through the internet, um, blowing through paywalls, uh, tipping people, buying hoodies, and then Zap notifies me. He's like, yo, buddy, your balance is a little low. Great. Debit card's on file. Swipe it, 100 bucks more, topped up, and I'm cruising. And so something like that, a user experience like that is kind of what we've dreamed of for about a decade is this like internet money fantasy. Um, so th- partnerships like that where the merchant is working with me on this That's auto pay awesome. stuff. Um, yeah, there's some details in there. Like the cool thing about the Lightning Network is that identity is through this public key. You know, it's not like a social security number. It's not a username and password is that everyone is identified by a public key. So I know who y'all's is because there's not another public key like that. And so, and LND has a sign message feature where you can prove that you are the owner of a specific public key. So a merchant can work with me on authenticating messages between the client and the service on trusting each other and knowing, right? So, so a partnership like that of merchants that want to test out a UX like that. It seems like the, uh, the idea of the quasi-private digital passport is coming to fruition, um, yeah, or even like the Brave browser type of thing, right? Yeah. Where you've kind of you've got it. Shitcoin. Yeah, you've got embedded money on, in your internet experience, and you're just kind of doing your thing. Don't think twice about it. And funny thing is, when I explain this sometimes to like relatives at Thanksgiving or something, I don't even have to mention that it's Bitcoin. It's like you swipe your debit card and you get this really magical, shiny, orange-looking token that just works on the internet and it does all these cool things that the dollar doesn't. And they're like, wow, that's that's great. If I were to tell them Bitcoin, they would get upset, right? But you don't even have to bring up, bring up Bitcoin at this point. You're just onboarding yourself onto a, a really native internet digital currency that works in unique ways. Yeah, it just works, which is and going back to what you alluded to earlier, which was the little tiff that Matt had with Ari Paul about like what will the future use cases of the Lightning Network be? And a lot of people, I mean, this is the big debate in Bitcoin world. One of the big debates is, will anybody ever use this medium of exchange as it's in this quote-unquote store value uh, development phase? And yes, while I may not like want to spend Satoshis every day, mainly because it's, it's hard, it's not... Uh, it's not as easy as it could be. This seems like it would make it a lot easier. But even with that being said, the experience sort of driving the usage makes a lot of sense to me. Like the experience of microtransactions, especially if you're making fraction of a penny transactions. Like that's sort of uh, small enough where it wouldn't be too much of a mental cost to know that you're spending Bitcoin. But the experience is that good that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Ari, if you're listening... Um, I don't know what people are going to use it for. You're right. Fuck me for trying, buddy. That's on me. But yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of speculation involved. If Bitcoin becomes the best money ever and everyone that buys it now affords their wildest dreams in five years, then why would you spend it? I don't know. But the same argument can be made the other side. There's 
unlocked economy online that requires this type of infrastructure. Well, exactly. The unlocked economy, like you'd even see like a top off and, and go play type use case evolving where, all right, if I have Zap and I want to go interact with these microtransactions across the web as they start to become more popular, maybe I'll just get in the habit of topping it up with a hundred bucks a month. And right. And I mean the, uh, and not even thinking about cold storage Bitcoin. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be Zap too, right? Like I, I think Zap's great. <laughs> I use it every day, but maybe it's not great forever. Um, but this infrastructure piece surely is really important to whoever does a kick-ass job. Lightning Labs, Breeze. The first thing I'm going to do is uh, we're going to work with BTC Pay servers. So merchants that want to accept Bitcoin, want to run their own full node, and they want to not have any slippage risk with accepting this currency, auto sell 50 cents on the dollar or something like that, right? Like... Um, yeah, so it doesn't even have to be Zap, but this is a huge piece. Um, yeah, like I said, the good guys got the licenses now, so the world's our oyster at this point. Oh, so it does go both ways. Can the user sell too? Yeah, we'll only originally roll out buy, um, but the licensing and all of that stuff has no bounds. Right, I, I could see. sell you a million dollars worth of Bitcoin right now with this with the licensing. So I, I think an, there's a, so many cool things, man. Like, what about the OTC space, a majority of the volume in OTC is crossing its spot. Are you familiar with that term? Uh, familiar the with the term, are? but uh, a little a little rusty. Let's go through it. Yeah, so freaks, crossing its spot means that if Marty were to be an OTC broker and someone say, Marty, I'd like to buy 50 BTC, and Matt is also a broker and someone asks Matt, I'd like to sell, what OTC does typically do is they go between each other and say, hey, does anyone have the opposite flow that we can just cross with each other? Because going to the exchanges, you've got fees, you've got potential slippage. The actual markets and order books are so thin that getting them off at market is usually a hassle. So you end up crossing flow with all of these brokers. Now, one of the problems with that is settlement, obviously, like waiting for confirmations or paying too much for fees um, and then having to price that back into the consumer. Like, yeah, I can settle you in 10 minutes, but it's going to be an expensive on-chain fee. So now the Bitcoin costs more. Where if we can just like do this like lightning wumbo channels, like 20 grand trades, we're just like two Bitcoin, like zip. And like uh, maybe like there's applications for more institutional lightning use as well one day. Wumbo channel. Yeah, so... What needs that? That's what I'm curious. Like, what needs? What do you think needs to happen uh, from a liquidity perspective on the Lightning Network? Like, are you guys going to be creating just huge channels with counterparties? Yeah, I think um, one of the cool things about this is there was this fallacy. This, um, like, I don't know, uh, like the Instagram model that's just all plastic, right? Like, it looks good, but it's not real. Is that once an exchange implements lightning, we're game. It's over. And that's not the case, um, right? Because if we were to execute all of these orders through one exchange order book, one, every trader in the world would know where consumer orders are going. Zap's got a million users, and they're all executing at Bitstamp. Perfect. I know exactly who to front run. I know exactly where to dry liquidity up. I know exactly where to put a sell wall. And can't have that for regulatory you got to ensure best pricing to retail investors um and then also just a product standpoint so zap almost acts as this buffer between the consumer and the exchanges and implements like smart order routing a lot of the market infrastructure that's required to pull this off and then between our infrastructure 
and some of our L&D nodes and servers that are responsible with handling the consumer, we'll do giant Wumbo channels with each other, right? Like one of our infrastructure pieces is building up a large cash balance, processing all of the fiat, and the other is building up a large Bitcoin balance, processing all of the slippage risk of acquiring coin elsewhere through smart order routing. And then we say, hey, listen, I'm in the Silvergate bank network. I want to instantly settle and, and give you fiat and then just wumbo me over like three coins so that I can fill up my node because I'm getting dry. That's baller, right? And that's like a real use case of wumbo channels, a more institutional lightning use case of instant settlement of bitcoins um, in an infrastructure level and then how it would affect the consumer. And that and like now we're starting to see a lot of this stuff that we've been reading about like actually exist in the real life and deliver an experience that's really cool. It seems like you're adding rocket fuel to the ship. All right. Like, it seems like it could be the impetus for like exponential growth. Yeah, if you let me hold the mic long enough, I'll try and convince everyone of that. But who knows? You know. And you, you got this mic. We got 71 hours <laughs> on this SD card. Yeah, I hope it's helpful. I know that the onboarding problem with Lightning is super real. So I really... KYC and entering your bank info into an app is not everyone's flavor of tea, and that's totally chill. Zap also allows you to connect to remote nodes, also allows you to be totally anonymous, about to release Tor support. Um, so, like, what about that full node support? You full uh, node too? Yeah. Now, at least everyone can now see like why I have been hesitant with like being on Twitter or releasing things is because I've been working on this. But yeah, it's all it's all built. Just kind of tie the knot and uh so like the user it. could literally install zap they have a full bitcoin node they have a full lightning node and they could onboard within 10 seconds or whatever yeah yeah are there limits to to how much they can purchase in the beginning i will impose a limit for sure but more because I just don't want to fuck anything up, right? Right, right, right? So it'd probably be something like 100 bucks a day, something like that. Because even if I'm just the only engineer in the world that writes no bugs, Lightning itself, I don't want people buying two grand and getting it all on Lightning. That's a little not chill. A little so, bit reckless. Yeah. Yeah, so there'll definitely be, be a limit. Um, are, but you, yeah. are you worried at all about, like, did this recent vulnerability that's about to be announced uh like in a couple weeks like future vulnerabilities like that possibly impacting uh, i mean you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have a lot of capacity on, on the lightning network mm-hmm. sure i'm i'm worried that there's gonna be a vulnerability in bitcoin and it's gonna go to zero too that's right. a real risk right, so true. yeah um we all have abs of steel at this point you got to stomach the risk reward typically directly reflects your risk profile and how well you manage it whether you're a trader or just someone in life. If you have the balls to talk to the hot girl at the bar and you get laid, that's just because you were the man, right? Like, yeah, there's And there's ways that you could hedge this risk too by keeping some Bitcoin on chain, keeping a cash balance. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of clever ways. I'd be the first to admit that I have pretty much nothing figured out. <laughs> So very much learning on the that. learning on the job. Have a few things figured out. Seems like you got a lot to figure out. <laughs> a few, <laughs> a few. But um, yeah, no. There's gonna be a lot to learn, dude. So much. Things are gonna go wrong. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. I really hope that this almost graduates lightning, though. To uh, yeah, maybe someone like Cash App will then get inspired and and do something even cooler. You know what I mean? They're I hope that have it to gets to us compete. to that. Yeah, I I hope I hope that uh. Coinbase 
reads the announcement, it reaches their ears. And now, now you got to, or else I'll, I mean, I'll take all your users, but you got to, <laughs> you got to play ball at this point, man. I, pressure's on. No, like I was alluding to earlier, again, like you're just pouring rocket fuel on this. And it, like if you bring this product, if you, when you bring this product to market, it's going to have to light a fire under everybody else's ass. Like this is the best, ex- or it seems like it might be the best experience yeah, uh, I hope so. Uh, I, get, I should get on the level. Especially right? for those humble stat sackers. Right? Yeah, I have a shout out to Matt in the app to where the button says buy Bitcoin. Unless you're viewing the application in sats, then it says stack sats. Awesome. And that is a TFTC, RHR, Matt O'Dell shout sats out. That's the standard. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier the person doesn't even have to know they're using Bitcoin. Yeah, because they're using sats the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ah, but you were it's staying on the topic of like hedging this risk. You were alluding to uh, uh, on-chain fee derivatives too. Yeah, sometimes I listen to these podcasts. I do, and I get way too excited, and I talk super fast and super long, and I'm all over the place. So I'm relying on you guys to ha- help me manage that. But yeah, That's what I, we're here for. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, there is some really interesting risk profiles that. Bitcoin market participants take on that are super unique to this asset and are n- there's no way in human history anyone's had the same type of risk. One of which is on-chain fee costs, right? So a business like Zap, like Cash App, like Coinbase, Blockstream, they all use the blockchain and they pay to use the blockchain, right? Blockspace is itself a digital commodity and it's got it's it's scarce in its own unique way and so the fee market is extremely volatile so all of these businesses are inherently short blockchain fees all that means is that if fees go up they're not happy right they're kind of assuming that they're not gonna 10x next month and that their operating costs of opening channels or paying for users to withdraw or whatever their use case is is going to be x amount and fees are going to be x amount Um, now on the flip side of the market who Marty, is inherently long blockchain fees. Those miners securing the network. A miner, yeah. So a miner, the reward in a block is grinding its way quickly to zero. And a miner is inherently long fees. If fees don't pay for their stuff, then Bitcoin's going to not work or we'll have to introduce some form of inflation, right? So they're long. So you've got miners who are inherently long. You've got businesses who are inherently short. And that's a really interesting risk market where it's natural. A miner is going to take the other side of my risk. I would like to pay a premium to where if a Bcashers stuff the chain and drive fees to 50 bucks again, and I'm out here paying for users on-chain fees, that I'm going to get blown out. My operating cost is going to go from 100 grand a month to a couple million a month, and I'm going to go out of business. Whereas if a miner, if there's some really advanced technical innovation like SegWit that keeps fees low for the next two years, and they're like, well, shit. Difficulty can't stop making new highs and fees aren't paying me either. So I either have to be a rich Chinese family office or I got to shut down. I would love to be able to hedge my risk there. And if fees aren't meeting a certain requirement that I've got some, some, right. So I'm working on that financial product one, because it directly helps me. I would love for zap to be able to hedge on chain risk and help users get onboarded, pay for withdrawals, um, channel opening stuff. Um, but I, I can't directly expose myself to that type of balance sheet risk responsibly at too many users at this point. And a lot of companies share that risk profile. So how does he do it? How does he do it, ladies and gentlemen? It's, uh, that's what I, I was asking you before we hit record. Like, how do you 
stay focused on all these different balls in the air or do you having many balls in the air like help Dude. you focus even more being able to compartmentalize and no just focus man on one thing at a time i'm a genius marketer <laughs> i'm actually stupid <laughs> i'm actually stupid uh, yeah well it's also how do you guys do what you do you just told me you recorded for six hours last night um podcast through the Razoo, content everywhere now you've got a youtube channel but it's natural right it's fun and so it's yeah it's just my preferred lifestyle i guess you know what i mean it's not a bad lifestyle it's not no dude especially bitcoin number go up <laughs> we're very lucky <laughs> well, that's the beauty of number go up is you can actively uh assist number go up like you are by building shit and that's the again like as we like all i can think about is, and this has been the theme of tales from the crypt this year is bitcoin entering its second decade and maybe psychologically hitting the decade mark is uh beneficial for outside investors who may be wary of the investment class in particular but like with what you're rolling out and the 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 market formations that are starting to form the market dynamics that are starting to form it seems like it's really maturing at a pace that i wasn't expecting at this point yeah well what is i've seen you write this a few times it's uh like slowly then suddenly or what is it slowly but surely um, gradually then suddenly gradually, gradually then suddenly. suddenly yeah gradually then suddenly there you but go s- but i've been saying like slowly but surely like this stuff is getting built out and like it's one day we're going to look up it's all going to be turned on and, and workable and that's like another topic we touched on this week with the uh the hong kong protesters allegedly uh transitioning to a mesh network to communicate after the Chinese government uh, shut down the the internet and communication lines that the protesters had between each other. And that was a mesh network that's been around for a couple of years now and had a very low adoption. But when push came to shove and people needed to use it, it had been built and it was there and people could transition to it. And that's where I find Bitcoin maybe now too, is like it can be used today. It's not used uh, by most people, but... It feels like we're getting closer to a point when it does need to be used. People are going to be able to get on board and actually get utility out of it rather quickly. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so. We're all on the same team. And I mean, not even just that, right? Like, so the main reason I don't spend Bitcoin is because of number go up and because I think it'll be worth more. So why spend it now when I can spend fiat? And then the the second reason is... Um, is a UX, right? So Lightning solves a lot of the UX hurdles. It's It just feels, even the clunky way it is now, it just feels way more, like, it's just intuitive. a better user experience. Yeah, it's so, so much more intuitive. But the key here is it unlocks a lot of things that you can't pay fiat in to begin with, right? So the user isn't necessarily forced from, you know, like a Hong Kong perspective, like out of like absolute like necessity uh, for their way of lives. But they're forced kind of like softly because they want this feature that they can't get anywhere else unless they spend yeah, exactly. Bitcoin. the experience driving the adoption. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be clear quickly, hopefully it's clear, but this is not a forced feature on anyone, by the way. Like, if this is not your flavor of tea and you don't want to enter your debit card, say no bueno. You can even have the app without any of this stuff included. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. I think, though, everyone in Lightning knows, in my opinion, this is the only real shot we got 
at, you know, I'm at the Bears tailgate yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I, I bought the hot dogs, but instead of cash apping me, you want to just send me a lightning payment? This is the only way we can really get normie, no coiner, mainstream, millions of users, the whole like summering swap onboardings or loops and stuff. I think they're fantastic. Zap will do them also. Um, but this is the our, our only real shot at non-custodial million lightning users with a, a node on their on their phone if not coinbase is just going to do it custodial in five years you know yeah it's so exciting feels like we're winning are we winning yeah fuck yes of course we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> everything's bullish for bitcoin <laughs> i just i don't see why it just seems like the it would be, like if you're already buying fifty dollars worth of bitcoin today like that's the easiest best process of doing it yeah i mean i can't wait to test it out yeah so i what i'll probably do i bought a a domain so context for the freaks is that i haven't released it yet i'm with marty and matt we'll we'll release this uh once you announce it okay yeah um so i bought this url uh fiat to lightning.com i thought it was just hilarious and uh wow i can't believe you got that one you got a jealous uh that was pretty good. How did I not think of that one? <laughs> and um, I'll just let people uh, enter an email or something if they want to help me roll this out and test it. So I'll probably do like a few thousand testers internally. And then, yeah. So I'd love if you guys help me test okay. it out. We would love to test it out. Yeah. And, and then that, over the next coming months, the plan is to get it fully through the United States, uh, Western Europe, obviously. And there's no excuse that this shouldn't be a globally accessible feature. It's going to take a little bit of work, but so what, you know? What is uh, the grandest uh, uh, imaginative uh, vision you have of the future in which this is unleashed and running in the wild? Of Bitcoin in general? No, this feature and what it enables. and Another way to phrase that is like, what unique ways do you see people uh, taking advantage of this. Sure. I just hope that we can get some clarity on um, what why Bitcoin is valuable. There's so much speculation inherently on this stuff, not only the price, but why it's important. And uh, I honestly don't know if we can build infrastructure like I'm working on to allow people to make micropayments online and between peers if that would if anyone would care. So I hope that we kind of get to a point where we start to learn much more about Bitcoin and why it's valuable to people and what we should be spending our time on. Because this should get us pretty darn close over the next 12 months, rolling this out, building up more features on top of it. We should get pretty close to the, you can use Bitcoin for whatever you want. And you can get onboarded super simply. Your grandma can download Zap and buy Bitcoin and send you a lightning transaction. So that at least we'll get some clarity, you know, it won't be such speculation, I yeah. hope. And I don't want to, I don't want to predict the future specifically of price, but if you do launch this in the next month and people start using it and it gets not widely adopted, but somewhat adopted and new us- adopted by new users in particular who aren't really uh, involved with Bitcoin or understand Bitcoin at all, as you can just see if we, if that launches... You have new users experiencing it, and then we launch it to a bull market, too, and they're topping it up with $100 a month, and then come three months after the halving or whatever, let's say we're considerably higher than when they first started using it after, like, holy crap, I don't have to top this up as much. Like, why is that happening? 
and then uh, it's like the lolly phenomenon almost where yeah, they're, they're yeah. getting their rewards and their rewards are going up uh 300 in the meantime yeah exactly uh, yeah i had an internal clock of mine was the having so i had to finish this project before the having because if the market runs away from me and i'm trying to launch this in the midst of fucking chaos like 50k 60k that's so true it would have been tough so yeah i agree with you dude you got to build it in the bear yeah, yeah. build in the bear drink whiskey so with matt and marty in the bull in, in the uh the bull markets that's uh if we do ro- rip, run into another ripping roaring bull market that's something i'm mentally trying to prepare myself is like just don't get caught up in <laughs> charts all day like a true it's freak. gonna happen i know you gotta stay humble though you gotta keep repeating <laughs> yeah which so if i'm buying 50 a day through you mm-hmm. you're opening up a turbo channel for me for 50 are you is is that a a new channel every time how would you handle that i don't know so it's a good question so the uh, initially uh, a null state where a user is first downloading they have no channel so i have to do the turbo right then i'll match your 50 on the receiving side so now you 50 receive 50 send um then let's say you spend all that 50 so now you're 100 receive right, zero let's say send. I didn't spend if i spent it then it's obvious you can just refill it right? yeah I think that that's a, a UX question that n- I don't know the answer to. I assume no one else does is you buy 50. Now you've, you're 50 send, 50 receive. Then you next day you wake up, you buy 20. Do I take the 20 from your receiving capacity and, and give it to you directly over lightning? Do okay. I open a new turbo channel? The fact that AMP, uh, so payments that can utilize capacity for multiple channels. Right. When is that landing in LND? Right. Got to call Lalu. Not sure. So there's like a lot of, um, I, I don't know the answer. I'll probably default to a new turbo channel every time and it'll probably get messy and users will be like, yo, this shit doesn't work. You're a scam. And then I'll <laughs> try something else. But it's a really good question. There's so many implementation details that uh, it's tricky. can only learn by trying. Exactly. You can't not launch something because of some perceived future flaw. You fucking launch it, see how it works, and it uh, adapt accordingly yeah dude zap is uh forever available in response like the whole remote node feature was not my idea i was like just kind of waiting for neutrino to be ready and all the users could they someone opened a pull request and did that you know so it's just my constantly react to the remote node features check check our remote node yeah it's cool hey we got uh 931 sats at one 10 a.m. this morning. There you go. Yeah. Are they all going to be private channels by default? Yeah, that's another good question. So we won't Matt's pump our capacity all over numbers. It, man. No, and that's a good thing. Um, of course. So here's, the, here's a f- few technical details that were fun to try and figure out is channels will be private, but also Lightning clients, consumer clients, so everyday users, quote unquote, they shouldn't be accepting inbound TCP connections. I shouldn't be able to connect, make an outgoing connection to them. If they want to connect to me, then they, sh- then they should be able to. So then I have this really unique technical problem where a user wants to buy Bitcoin, which means they want me to open a channel to them with the Bitcoin that they just bought. But I can't open a channel to them because they're a consumer lockdown, private channels, no incoming connections. So then you have this like type of infrastructure handshake where the user makes a connect peer call, a, a TCP out- uh. outbound to the server, the server receives it it's almost like a protocol within itself 
server receives it, understands, stashes the public key of the peer, and then understands how much Bitcoin it needs to deliver. Like things like that, which were like super fun to try and and work out uh, and and build. So yeah. Anyways, rant. But all the channels are private. But I think that's an important thing to mention here, right? Because people keep watching this capacity number go down, like the total known capacity on Lightning. Uh, but meanwhile, like all the attempts to increase onboarding are all defaulting to private channels, yours included. Yeah. So f- the Explorer stuff for Lightning is not only not helpful, but likely extremely misleading. And then if you do use it, it should only be used like that's the amount of routing nodes on the network. Right. But consumer clients, unless someone who's developing one is irresponsible, should always be private. Um, so, yeah, those... I. One of the Zap desktop releases, we got a ton of downloads, and someone was like, "You're lying!" Like one ML doesn't that. say that. And I was like, "Oh shit, you caught me!" Like I was a liar. Like no, dude, of course not. Um, you're not gonna be able to see the active user amount through a, a Lightning Explorer. That's ridiculous. That pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> Sorry, I think a lot of people because people like to look at the capacity as like fuck. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people understand that element of the nuance but then choose to ignore it anyway because it's a nice little fud line yeah or just like the capacity going down thing it has probably has a lot to do with users are migrating to these consumer clients where channels are private also has to do with the fact that someone put a million dollars in and then like took 250 grand out or whatever and everyone's like oh lightning's on the decline i was like (laughs) if you hand me a 20 dollar bill just like, man, I really enjoyed the podcast, and you take it back. Like, actually, just a $10 bill. Like, oh, fuck, I just lost 10 bucks. Like, no, I didn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, Twitter's so funny, man. Well, that's actually something we were uh, talking about last night with Arbed Out, is that some people just only want to see FUD and only, only want to FUD it and do not want to take any of the nuance into consideration. When the Ethereum crew, like, really loves locking up Ethereum publicly... You know, that's always the stats they always they always pull from. So it kind of makes sense that they would gravitate to this, you know, publicly known locked up number. It goes with their ethos. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that's that's another thing. Like what what does this future financial system look like where you don't even know how much economic activity is happening uh, on this lightning layer? Yeah. Or like liquid is super cool. Right. Confidential transactions, yeah. Have you tried it yet? <sighs> Fuck, no. Neither have I. So I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll, go, we're I'll go down on the ship with you. We're in good camp. But no. I want to. It, it does seem interesting. It seems, yeah. well, and also if we're going to combat like ETH FUD, one of their big FUD lines most recently is the fact that Tether has become popular on Ethereum and not Bitcoin. And uh, regardless of whether or not it's a good app on Bitcoin in the first place, which it probably isn't, just waste space. Um, this might be a temporary victory for Ethereum, especially if uh, Tether, uh, liquid Tether with confidential transactions takes over. Because that's a big thing. Like that, People are assuming that dark pools are going to start on liquid Tether because traders don't want whale reports showing that they're moving X amount of Bitcoin from one exchange to the other. Yeah, I would assume. And anyone that... Like we just saw it this morning, that dude who sent a billion dollars to Huobi... Or it was Huobi moving it, right? It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. But it was a billion dollar transaction. Yeah. Seven hundred dollar fee. And everyone on Twitter not only saw it but was able to like comment on it and, and make Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think Liquid's going to be cool. And anyone that keeps frequent with the Sea Lightning repository, it's very clear their plans um, to patch those together so that you could do uh, any type of asset swapping or Lightning integrated to side chains. I think I really enjoy Blockstream's work. Big fan. Big fan as well. Uh, it is, it's crazy the different areas that they work in. Like the green wallet, just doing multi-sigs, security, uh, wallet, custody. They had the satellite allowing people to send messages. Mining. Mining. Uh, the block explorer is my favorite block explorer mm-hmm. right now. Um, and yeah, this liquid, I, it, liquid's interesting because it's, uh, it's been almost like the, the ugly stepdaughter of Blockstream's product suite. But I think that's just a product of people not utilizing it correctly up to this point. I think Tether might be the first liquid killer use case. Yeah, we'll see. I have a few really close uh, friends that are associated with Blockstream. One's like on the board or uh, maybe that's not true. Some like really like flashy title. And uh, I keep getting upset with their like, yo, you got to get someone over there who's been a trader and been in markets before because the fact that all these traders aren't using your product already is a, is criminal. Right. Like um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I really think uh, once the Cumberlands of the world, uh, DRWs, uh, Kuna, CMTs, understand the value of Liquid and Sea Lightning and having exchanges and desks support it, like everyone should sign up immediately. Why would you not? Yeah, it's going to be funny looking back in 10, 20 years and see how uh, our future selves and future onlookers think about how we utilize bitcoin in its first decade first 11 years and be like what the fuck were you guys thinking doing all this you were showing that you were moving coins from one exchange to another and everybody could see it it's uh it's going to be interesting to see how uh people's interactions with bitcoin evolve especially once you launch something uh like this yeah we'll see hopefully they're positive <laughs> i bet they will be um what else do we got you have anything else you want to touch on uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. How are you guys doing? Does anyone ever interview you back? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm doing good. When we have unruly guests. Yeah. Um, nah, I'm, I'm happy that the summer's over. A lot less travel. Well, that's fall, weird. Thank God. I mean, I'm not are happy you? that the summer's over. I'm happy that I don't have to travel as much. Okay. Um, I'm ready to, to buckle down this fall. And and yeah, we're uh, we're trying to blow up TFTC here. More content, doing content, a good job content, so content. far, man. I mean, I've been I told you this. I've been a fan since summer 2017 because you wrote about me or something. An event, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We wouldn't exist if you didn't build things that I could write about. We could talk about. It's yeah. uh, it's a mutually <laughs> beneficial relationship. Yeah, a symbiotic relationship. As of recent, I mean, my fandom has just skyrocketed. The oh, amount of times you guys are in my ear is <laughs> i mean like borderline embarrassing but i love it ah, feeling so is mutual man the feeling is mutual it is it really is um no and i love that you've put your head down this last year and are actually getting shit done it's uh something that can't be said for a lot of people that are, are more vocal in this space um, i do miss shit posting i know you remember i was a grade a <laughs> shit poster yeah i got some dog in me that likes to come out every now and then 
But I have been a little tamed. I'm proud. Other thing the Bitcoin community knows is I'm 25. So, like, I'm kind of aging with you guys. I feel I feel a little more mature nowadays. You, back in the day, I was just, like, calling Vinny Lingham, like, a <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> <and shit. laughs> yeah. We've all matured a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll call Vinny Lingham a loser right now. Vinny, you're a loser. Yeah, he's still I know still you're is. listening. Dude, he, maybe he wants to make this bet again, but he said something like lightning would never work. And I responded like, how much do you want to bet? And he started avoiding it. And then he said, I'll give you one BTC if zap gets 10 million users. And I was so upset by that. Like, first of all, zap is not a reflection of lightning in the slightest matter of fact, it's a self-funded open source project. (laughs) Number two, one BTC, which at the time was like, not what it is now. Like, Bro, like, skin in the game, fella. Aren't you, like, some rich Silicon Valley, like, Tesla driving suit? One BTC. So, Vinny, if you're listening, man, (laughs) I'm right here. I'll drop the pin. I'm not going anywhere. I'll take a real bet. Give me some a real quantifiable metric that encapsulates lightning and not my open source project and some real skin in the game, and let's make a bet. What would that metric be if you had your choice? I don't know. So the context was he didn't think lightning was going to work, quote unquote. It's already working, though. So what it's did, working. What does so he know about the stuff working, though? Like, how, yeah. who is he to? Dude, I think that Zap probably has more active users than Civic right now. There's no doubt about what that. What is Civic? I don't even know. Does Civic even exist? I thought they, like, I thought they disbanded it. Is it no, still it around? still exists. It's didn't worthless. they get rid of the token or something like that? I think they tried to tokenomics it a little bit more or something. They added like a staking element. Hey, you need to be able to check ideas at beer vending machines. Yeah, yeah. That so was you need a that. token to do it. You know? <laughs> that was the last update I got is that it was making sure you were 21 or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It still pops up on Twitter every once in a while, like in my mentions. Someone mentions it. Like uh, they just had Facebook just had the leak, the phone number leak. Uh, like 419 million records and and someone like unironically in my comments was like this is exactly why we need things like civic it's like <laughs> ah can't believe i can't believe that's still happening <laughs> like two days ago uh, yeah i haven't heard much about it recently who knows what's going on there vinny's been very quiet about it do you it think he's even like focused on it at all he sold all of he like proudly sold a bunch of his uh civic you're like a bunch of the ICO returns. Yeah. A Charlie Lee. He said movie? it's the only responsible thing to do yeah. as the manager of a project. Yeah, yeah. The Charlie Lee move. The Charlie Lee uh, sell the top move. I don't know if any sold the top, but I love his uh, business partner. I only recognize him by his greasy Twitter profile picture, but uh, I don't know his name. But he's always tweeting like takes so hot that if you touch him, the you're Kyle. gonna burn your finger. <laughs> yeah, the hottest takes in the world, like. Thirty percent of Bitcoin's market cap is because Ethereum like introduced the ICO. Yeah, that's Kyle. That's Kyle. Smiley. Yeah, dude, I start sweating when I stand too close to his takes. I'm They're blocked. Just I, fumingly hot. I started stamping his BNB <laughs> takes, and I like got to like the fourth one, and I just got blocked. <laughs> I was just going through the search and just stamping them. Well, it is. I mean, that's who we're up against, Charlotte. I'm, I'm comfortable saying charlatans, like up against charlatans like that who have been wrong consistently for at least two years now, at least in my observation. Um, yet they're still around. He was Forbes 30 under 30. Yeah. 
Who was? Kyle Samani. Wow. That's uh, Forbes 30 on under 30 is a, a heuristic. Anybody on that list is a loser. It's a top indicator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that. I think Lalu was on it. Was he? Yeah. We like we like Lalu. We like Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, Yo, if you're on that, you're they just They make a mistakes stud. sometimes. You know? <laughs> From what I understand, it's a pretty gameable list. You can uh, I don't use, know. use PR firms to get on it if, uh, if you so think. I don't know if Jack if got so it, if Jack got on thirty under thirty, I would shill the shit out of it. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. All right, let's not use that heuristic anymore. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is ridiculous that he was chosen for it. Um, ah. you know what's crazy is uh, when you guys do a pod and you're like, yeah, uh, the first few hours like we weren't recording, actually doing one and understanding that that has happened, like how. Like, I don't know if I would have the energy right now if you were like, yeah, dude, the shit hasn't been on. You're going to have to re-explain like, why you hate Coinbase so much. Worst thing ever, and it never comes out <laughs> it's right It's only happened afterwards. twice. It's and only happened with Bitcoin Sign Guy and then last week when we were recording remotely. No, and then you had the time where you were on the wire and the whole thing afterwards was... Yeah, that was another... Yeah, sorry, kerfuffle. I wasn't meaning to criticize you, buddy. No, 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 no. I just um, can't imagine. Shit happens. The shit does happen. But that's... Uh, last week, I thought... Matt was recording locally, and we were recording. And I thought he was recording remotely. <laughs> yeah. And we got we literally finished the whole episode. We were like, that was great. You know, we were doing our wrap-up. And then Marty was like, you're recording locally, right? And was, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we'll regroup in a half hour, and we'll just bang this thing out. We got, we got some topics added to the list in the second take. Yeah, that was good at least. Yeah. It's but it was really painful doing the... Because you miss it, you you always it's never the same as the first time. I think no, yeah. I mean, you find yourself just repeating yourself, and it feels more scripted that way. And that's why he's wearing the headphones now too, because he hears it live coming through your two mics. Baller. So he knows if it's you know if sounding weird. And it has been sounding a little. Sorry, freaks. But we're we're getting new mic lines this weekend. I'm going to Best Buy tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. The content game. It's crazy how. We can just sit here in this living room and just blast this out to the masses and people listen to it. Thank Studio. you for listening, freaks. I love freaks, man. I am a freak. I love <laughs> freaks. We're all freaks. That's the whole nature of freaks. Freaks Nation is that we're all a little weird. I should have. I have my sup freaks hat. Turn my brain on one time. I can't believe <laughs> I didn't wear it. What was I thinking? Matt already gave his away. I gave mine to Francis in a fit of love. That is not a bad giveaway. Francis is, is the man. Shout out old Bitcoin and Francis. Well, by the time this pod comes out, we should have new hats out. Different yeah, style. We'll, well, yeah, hats. we'll have new hats out on Monday. What about a Stay Humble Stack Sats tee? Yeah, we have something in store. We have something in store. <laughs> well, I guess it will, it'll be known at, at this point. We could tell, tell Jack. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we have a we stacking show. I mean, we can show him. Yeah, by the You're time, by the time this episode launches, there'll, be, there'll finally be Stacking Sats merch. I can buy Bitcoin over Lightning and scan a QR code and buy one. Uh, we have a janky DJ Seeds in this bitch. We have DJ Seeds. Shout out DJ. He's a fucking legend. Um, we have a janky Shopify Bitcoin integration. You can pay through Lightning, yes, but it is a bit of a journey on checkout. You have to click, uh, pick a different payment method, then click Bitcoin, and then a PTC pay server uh, invoice pops up for you. Yeah, the hard part is like the shipping addresses and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Th- that's the one thing BTC Pay hasn't solved yet. Um, that we would be full Bitcoin store if 
we can figure out the shipping on the back end, but Shopify helps us with that. Such a dope way to stack sats. Uh, it's great. It's a great feeling stacking sats for work. Right? Working sets. working for sats is. Uh, yeah, we hold most of our, like most of the revenue we bring in, we just hold it in Bitcoin. Yeah, like why not? Up. Yeah. Number go up. Number no, go up. No, that's it. Again, it's any you freaks listening out there. It's why you keep your day job so you don't have to. It's so clutch. It really is. A fiat job. Day jobs are clutch. <laughs> They are when you're trying to stack sets. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, cop a day job. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Center top ten. Uh, it just seems too simple to people, you know. I had someone, uh, I had a doctor reach out to me in my DMs. He was like, "I'm a doctor. I like really love Bitcoin. I've been down this rabbit hole for like a year now. Like, what can I do?" to like combine the two and i was like well you could like be a doctor and stack sats and i just like <laughs> felt like an asshole responding that that's what vake does vake's a doctor yeah and stack just, like, sats. just be Is a doctor really? and stack sats yeah vake's awesome vake, vake if you're listening i'm sorry i missed you the other weekend when you were in new york city i was um, away me too me too um what's the american hoddle what's his, is that that's his name yeah that guy is awesome cracks he, me up he's gonna come here. on he'll be yeah in, he's yeah. coming uh in two weeks oh that's we'll be great recording with him two weeks from next wednesday the Hi. dca king man or is it a week from next wednesday yeah big teddy bitches I'm sure we'll be talking <laughs> about that i have like i have a bittersweet relationship with him because i'm like telling people to stay humble and he's just dropping dough on twitter yeah dropping fat stacks on twitter um he's hilarious though he's gone through like what 15 twitter handles now yeah what's up with that <laughs> someone like stole he was going like american hodl one american hodl two and then someone stole like four yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he had to skip um shout out to american hodl if you're listening it's because he doesn't verify his phone number so um there's only so many tweets where you can tweet out uh everlasting riches and big titty bitches and not get forced <laughs> into phone number at KYC. Fair enough. By burner. By burner. I told him he's got a, he's hopefully by the time this pod releases, he will have verified his account through Keybase so that in the future he can just do the Keybase thing. That's pretty, that's a good idea. That's yeah. allowed? Well, no, because on Keybase, you know, you link it, you link it with uh, mm -hmm. your PGP key. So then in the future, any new accounts he has, he can just sign oh, easily with his PGP key. Got it. And we'll know it's, it's, it's the actual American hodl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like Twitter Cause he could allows have like you a, to bypass He could have like KYC a Kevin Pham situation. You remember Kevin Pham at the top? There was all the forks of Kevin Pham. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Pham cash. Yeah. I wonder what the Kevin Pham forks are thinking these days of Kevin Pham. Kevin Pham cash was my favorite. It still is solid, my favorite. Here's a solid fork. I, I like the Jihan Hu account. That one's good. That's tricked me a couple times, even yeah. though I know it exists. Yeah. It's gotten me too. There's some that there's some that uh that get me every time. Um I can't pick one off the top of my head, but there's some uh satire accounts that I fall for every once in a while. I think AOC was one of them. There's like an AOC satire account. Um it's always, I always, when someone like re retweets one of the fake accounts or something, I always just shake your head. It's like, ah, they got you. They got me. I, uh, I am not allowed to tweet on uh, April Fool's Day anymore. I got got so bad this year. Really? Yeah, I forget exactly what, but I remember like five minutes after retweeting it, like being like rereading it and being like, fuck. At least you didn't write a whole bent on it. Like, that would have <laughs> been pretty bad. Uh, damn, so. What should we do? Should we 
when you release this, mm-hmm. maybe we can set it up where I clip out this audio and you can link it uh, in your announcement. I don't want to force you to do this or anything, but if you want, like, stop pressuring me, Marty. If you want people to uh, to get like a more thorough explanation, maybe that's, that's what we cool. can do. Yeah, um, yeah. This one will this one will be in the vault until you release. So baller, just let us know. I have a good topic that I'd be interested in your opinion on. Yeah. Um, if you were going to FUD lightning, like how would you, what would, you know, what do you think is the biggest weaknesses of lightning as it stands right now? Hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people are using lightning in irresponsible ways. And there's a lot of people that could get burned bad right now and haven't yet. So I'm a little bit concerned on the brand hit lightning is inevitably going to take when some of these people get burned just by using it irresponsibly. But I guess like if I were to try and hack it or something, like, is that the question? No, no, that was the first answer is you mean get burned by like poor channel management or yeah. Or just like the way people, some of the architecture I was, I was speaking to Matt about it before and I, and I'm, I'm not trying to like, put people on spot but there's just like some expectations that are being set and like things people are doing where it's pretty trivial to like um drain funds or yeah i don't know i'm i I have some concerns on lightning scaling to the people working on it um in the sense that education and understanding how everything works and how to be responsible about it like ensuring i don't know if that is, is that a satisfactory answer, I guess. A lot of the builders on Lightning seem, in my opinion, are making some mistakes. And I'm a little bit concerned need on the move, fact that... Be more user-focused. What's up? Need to be more end-user-focused. Yeah, or just, like, how they use the actual network itself. Like, some of it is irresponsible. And I'd be super concerned if I woke up and saw on Twitter that, like they were exploited and then having to deal with the FUD of like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it's not Bitcoin. It was Mt. Gox. It's like, you know what I mean? Like reputational stuff and growing pains. I think that inevitably are going to be pretty hard. There will be losses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think lightning even today has a really interesting brand where it's like the silver bullet that solves everything. um, And it's, like lightning labs in the beginning and even to this day maybe markets it as chain agnostic right so it's not for bitcoin it scales blockchains and so a lot of these like just general branding which bitcoin does the same thing like it's for drug dealers for child porn and just growing growing natural growing pains i'm just wary of having to go through them i guess is my big concern it's good to mentally prep for them expect them what about trans so we had a conversation with Eric Voskul that'll drop probably sometime before this podcast. Yeah. Um, and his big thing was transaction fees increasing. So the dust limit increases. So then we only, you know, you can't economically have small channel. Like you can't settle up small channels. Mm-hmm. Does that, is that something that concerns you? I didn't have like a great answer for him. No, Absolutely. I think um, the fees becoming increasingly more relevant. There's so many unknowns. You've got right, right like your typical Bitcoin's going to need forever inflation to actually work, and even more nuanced, detailed 
uh, unknowns of, yeah, like, what is the dust limit going to be? Um, is there going to be, like, minimum lightning channel? Like, can a general consumer get on lightning with five bucks and use it? Or, you know, I don't I, Yeah, of course, that's a concern. Absolutely. It's going to have to take them head on as these uh, problems roll in. Yeah, I mean, I've, that's what I was... I've, so I've been... Well, that's my whole... That's my whole thing about the the conversation over future inflation and fees is like you we we can't know until we actually run into the problem. And we'll and address then, it then. And the, well, not even address it then. Like innovation is the creature of necessity, right? We're going to need to adapt. Surely there are like a lot of hacks though. So for example, the turbo channels that Zap opens, right. like I can hard code the fee to one sat per byte. And the reason is because the user doesn't have to wait for that channel to confirm, like just through the natural game theory of how turbo channels work. So like um, that is like a, a really clever protocol hack to try and rapidly onboard yeah. someone. You it has to I mean? confirm eventually. Of course, yeah. it will confirm eventually. And if the user wants to like pay to bump the fee or something. But anyway, my, my general point was... You never really know what kind of stopgap services right. um, they'll they'll evolve naturally, like channel factories or you know splicing. Like people were really big on dual funded channels once upon a time, not so much anymore. There's just programmable money. There's so much that can happen. Um, but yeah, to Eric's point, I think he's got a good one. There's no answer in my opinion today, at least. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, and like having a high dust limit isn't like the worst thing in the world, anyway. Honestly, a lot of transaction fees are high. Right, a lot of the nodes on the network today implement a minimum channel size because, as a routing node, for someone like Zap or like Breeze, right, that's the inevitable. You're going to have consumer channels to. You mean that's just the target user you're dealing with? But like Bitrefill's minimum channel size is the max. You can't open a channel. Or it's ten. It's ten million sats. Do they increase it? Yeah, I last time I tried to open a channel, it was sixteen million. So maybe we're grandfathered in. Maybe, like 10 million yeah. But um, yeah, I know I mean, that because it's a griefing attack vector, right? Like you can just open little channels and then send all your money through Lightning, and I, I can't settle it out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it'll cost me a lot to settle it out. Yep, I I think like dual funded channels had all this hype of like. Well, right now onboarding is tough and you can do this like hack of opening a channel to your user and having them swap in and like all this fancy stuff, but wait for dual funded channels. And it's like, that is a horrible idea in my opinion. So my node at any point can just have liquidity drawn from it when someone wants like, yo fam, we're doing a 10 million sat channel right now. What if I don't want to? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just an attack vector. Like, someone could be like, damn, Zap's killing it. Let's dry up all their liquidity so that when someone tries to buy Bitcoin over Lightning, that they get an error. I'm like, no, dude, I can't have that feature bit enabled on my node. Like, I'm not chill with that. So, no, that does not seem advantageous at all. Yeah, I, but at well, there's one point in time where it was like all the rave and like the protocol discussions on IRC and like, and then in, when you handle these things in production, and for me, I'm like, what would dual funded channels look like? The protocol level for Zap would be horrible. DOS vector. So you just kind of, yeah, roll with the punches, I guess. Yeah, and again, you, you come in to understand these problems as they arise, and you cannot claim to fully understand them now when they don't exist. Um, 
So that's my whole point, like, especially with the inflation conversation and fees. It just pisses me off because I think it's just some pandering bullshit that you, you really can't grasp until the problem is here. Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about it so many times. I mean, especially since Bitcoin is so resistant to change to begin with. So, like, if you need to actually have some kind of change, it needs to hit, like, a critical mass before you'll ever get the... Yeah. So it's just premature to even... Yeah. And I think products like the one that you're launching now are going to help us come discover these pain points quicker and heal them quicker as well. So yeah. thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's a big love fest. Thank you both guys <laughs> for doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, do you have any parting notes? Any, anywhere we should send people at this moment? Oh, no. Um, read the... There'll probably be some media that covers this feature. This is a pretty big one, but uh, I'll always write a blog post that starts with yo and, and is a heart-to-heart. So read the announcement. Let me know if you want to help internal test directly with me as we roll it out throughout the united states and uh yeah i guess my one parting note is i am so appreciative of this community and the support that you guys have given me and my family i really almost died a year ago and uh no one's wavered on me um i love you guys i love the freaks so much um i really get emotional thinking about it so just thanks for supporting me this is a big milestone for me personally we love you too jack (laughs) <laughs> thank you for doing what you do and just big thank fest here at the end matt anything you want to say so much love so much love <laughs> stay humble stack sets peace and love freaks Pew-pew!